Hello Facebook, Tommy Laren here. I'm the one that you love to hate and some of you love to love, but um, we have a very important discussion to be having this week. We know the debate was last night. They touched on it in the debate last night, but we need to have a broader conversation. Charlotte is literally on fire right now. It is on fire, it is being torched. We have a larger discussion to be had, and we've got someone that was in Charlotte. And funny though, you're, it's, it's Free Hugs guy, many people know him from because yep. he wears a shirt, it's very identifiable, but it's Ken E. Wadike Jr. You say the last name well, actually. Well, thank you. They, they, they hyphenated it out for me, yep. and people also call me Tommy, so you and I can bond in that. They say my name wrong all the time, as I'm sure they say right. yours wrong. But we have a very serious discussion to be had. You were in Charlotte during the, they call them protests, I call them riots. I mean, it kind of depends the way you look at it. Right. You decided to go there and put yourself in the middle of that scene. And at one point you were talking with officers and you have the shirt that says free hugs yeah. and an officer approached you for a hug. Mm -hmm. And after that you were accosted by Black Lives Matter activists. Yeah. For those that haven't seen the stories about it, can you tell my Facebook followers what happened? Sure, so I was uh, walking by, well, most of the night we were trying to keep the peace and basically um, protesters that were there, just making sure that they were respecting the uh, police mm -hmm. officer's commands. I would rather talk to protesters and get them to move back a little bit mm -hmm. than having riot police do it and either hit them with their batons or arrest them. Uh, so that's usually why I show up at these things, just to make sure that... You're a mediator. That's it. Right. You know? I and, love it. And I, I think that it's able to diffuse situations a bit. Um, and so things were going well the whole night until one of the riot police officers asked me for a hug and I turned to give him a hug because I'm very uh, expressive not, yeah, yes you know, I mean, you're not, soliciting I don't hugs. discriminate right. with my hugs you right. know, anyone that asks for it I'm gonna give them one and so I go to give the police officer a hug and these protesters who were cool with me the whole night immediately started calling me all sorts of names and um, so you know I had to turn and explain to them why love matters and why peace matters and why mm -hmm. they can't judge every single police officer that was there just because of the incident that took place. You can't right. say now every cop is, is bad, you know? Such a positive thing that you did as well and also for that officer to embrace you in that way. To me, that's community healing. That's Absolutely. where we start. But something that you explained, and there are many video clips of you doing this, is, and we talked about this on my show as well, is that you speak to people and you say police officers are not robots just as black people african-americans they're not thugs yeah. so if you're looking at someone and you're thinking they're black they're a thug or you're looking at an officer and you're thinking they're a white racist out to kill black people yeah. we're never going to have a positive conversation and you at explain all. that very yes. well did you feel like you got through to some people i definitely did the guys actually that wanted to fight me and literally they wanted to fight me they were like preparing themselves for it and I had to approach them and you know, de-escalate that situation and make sure that they understood why love matters in tense situations like this. And there was the gentleman that had on the red jacket who was shouting out some mm -hmm. of the, the worst names at me. When I approached him and spoke to him, he actually understood me so much to the point that the, uh, the female that was with him, he had turned to her and said, hey, calm down. I understand what he's saying. You should listen right. to him and understand it. And, you know, if I'm able to change just one person's mind about those things, mm -hmm. then it's important for me to continue this work. How did Charlotte go from being a protest to a riot so quickly? I mean, the scenes that we were, saying, we're seeing here, and I've tweeted about it, it looks more like the West Bank, it looks more like Iraq than yep. it does Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> That's how I felt. How did it escalate that quickly to that level? I think as soon as that shot went off and the protester was shot right in front of the Omni Hotel, I think that changed a lot of things because the, the riot police, I mean, obviously, we're in a tense situation, but it gets way worse when 
it wasn't only that shot that went off. We were hearing gunshots coming in different directions. Even in the video that I put together, you'll see that mm -hmm. there were times where we were running because we didn't know who was shooting. Was it police? Right. Was it protesters? And so um, I, I think that that just heightened things throughout the night. And as the officers wanted to um, try to get the protesters out of that downtown area, so they kept asking them to move back and move back. And you just see people doing ridiculous stuff. I saw a guy with a hammer just going around to random cars that were in the area, just busting up all of the what cars. What does that solve? You have to tell me this, because this is my biggest critique of the Black Lives Matter movement, and I'm sure it's not everyone that's involved in Black Lives Matter, but it doesn't matter. When you're under the guise of Black Lives Matter, you are representative of that group. Mm -hmm. And it frustrates me to no end, what the hell did CVS do to these people? Right. What the hell did random cars do to these people? Yeah. Why are they shooting each other? Why are they burning down their own cities? Yeah. You have to explain this to me, because I don't understand that mentality. Whatsoever. That's, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So in, what was it, 92, I lived in South Central Los Angeles during the Rodney King riots. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, the Fruitvale Station movie uh, because of the shooting of Oscar Grant. And I, was, I lived in Oakland at the time when wow. that was taking place. So I've constantly seen my community burned down and destroyed from people getting upset. And it's never made sense to me, not even when I was a boy in 92, because my school was destroyed because of that. Or the grocery store that my family goes to was destroyed because of that. So it's never made sense to me at all. Why would we destroy our own communities out of anger? There are better ways to protest. There are better ways to be able to get our, our message across and to be heard than to, oh, let's go bust up this building. I mean, in Charlotte th that night, there was, a, there was an art gallery or, or a, an office that was right there near the Omni Hotel mm -hmm. where they just went in into it started taking art off of the wall you know there was a, uh, a, a hotel there where people just busted up all of the windows in the hotel and were throwing rocks at the staff that were trying to check people into the hotel what Why? I, I don't I don't get it and this is not a Neither color issue to me no. for a group of people that is so angry about a perceived injustice or a perceived oppression to then go and attack your neighbors and your communities to me you completely delegitimize everything that you stand for I want to talk about Black Lives Matter as a larger movement in Dallas we were impacted by a Black Lives Matter protest mm -hmm. as well and, and wh whether the mainstream media wants to cover it up or not, the shooter did in fact say he was doing it because of Black Lives Matter and he was targeting white police officers. Yeah. That was said during the negotiation process. Yeah. What is your take on this movement? Are they a legitimate movement at this point? I, I think that it's, and just like every movement, even the, the Black Panthers back in the days, the mm -hmm. Bloods and Crips back in the days, I feel like a lot of these organizations, they start out with really good intentions, right? Mm -hmm. But when you have people that can just join a group and claim a group and there's no vetting process, so you don't know that this person that joins a group potentially is a terrorist and capable of shooting police officers mm -hmm. and now he's representing the same movement that maybe people that have really good intentions have and and I think that's very difficult when when you start these groups and that's why even like with what I do with the free hugs project mm -hmm. I, I, it's tough for me to even just say hey put on this shirt because what if someone puts on the shirt and they go groping women right right how do you how do you balance that but it's not just a few that's what's frustrating to me because it's not a few and, and I'm so often I hear the same thing when I talk about black lives matter movement and I talk about I also talk about black on black crime which mm -hmm. I think is an important conversation also to be had in these communities mm -hmm. we've got larger problems besides just police brutality but that conversation needs to happen yeah. but there are other conversations that need to happen as well fatherlessness in inner cities that's a conversation that needs yeah. to be happen and that needs to happen yeah. I often get criticized because I'm a white person, there's no way I should discuss it, there's no way I should touch on it, but someone has to start yeah. these conversations. Well, to, to touch on it, I mean, like you said, with, with black on black crime, I, I don't really see it as black, and black, black on black crime, I see it as just crime. I think people are going to commit crimes in the areas mm -hmm. that, that they live, right, in the areas that they're used to, and so I think crime as a whole is something that needs to be discussed, you know, and 
I try to go into these communities and, like I mentioned when we were in there, is mm -hmm. talk to them at the school level. You know, try to reach their hearts and let right. them know that anger and violence is not how we're going to solve any of these problems. And when we can start the conversation there and teach people respect at an early age, right, especially these young African Americans where I get it, most of our fathers weren't in, in the home. My dad has been out of my life since I was eight years old, you know, so it's a, it's a common thread. Mm -hmm. However, I think I turned out okay, and I know that my mom did a very good job at doing right. it, and I had coaches and mentors and leaders that looked out for me to get me to this point, and I think there needs to be more of that. I think there needs to be more uh, uh, black men that are looking out for the, the young men right. and explaining things to them, just like the guys that wanted to fight me. I knew right. they were a lot younger than me, but I still had to turn and stand my ground as a father, as a husband, mm -hmm. and go and remind them, this is not how we're gonna solve right. any of these problems. You're mad because someone got shot, so now you're gonna act out and risk getting yourself shot? How does that make right. sense? You know, so I, I think those are definitely conversations that, that we need to have in those communities, and I get it. I mean, the rest of the world is looking in, saying, but you guys have problems inside your own community that you need right. to fix. Absolutely we do, and we just, we, we need to figure out how to do that. Something that's troubling me right now is the exploitation of the Black Lives Matter movement and that narrative as well. It is a media frenzy. Anytime you talk about Black Lives Matter, anytime you talk about a black suspect, an unarmed suspect, mm -hmm. or armed suspect being shot by police officers, it becomes something that takes over the headlines for days. Yeah. We know Charlotte was able to take over the headlines for days. We know that I've spoken to several police officers in many areas, not even inner cities, but they get out and they're trying to do their job, and automatically they're surrounded by jeering crowds out with their cell phone videos ready to capture something. Yeah. I told you earlier, I would not be, want to be a police officer in this country today. Mm -hmm. I would not because I feel like my back would be against the wall. Yeah. Either you're going to lose your life or you're going to take a life when you're in these high stress situations, when you're in a situation like this. Now, are there officers that make mistakes? Absolutely. I think we saw that in Tulsa. An officer made a mistake. That's why the Justice Department and the Police Department stepped up and now there are charges. Correct. That is the way to go about it to me in, in a justice manner, in a law and order manner. Correct. What are officers to do in these communities? It's, it's How do we repair this? I, I think um, dialogue, communication, you know, I, when you look at some of the community policing, like um, I'm not sure where he lives, but Officer Tommy Norman, I don't mm -hmm. know if you've heard of him, um, but he does a lot in the communities, and I think it bridges the gap for these young black children that live in the communities right. to, to see this white police officer not as a threat, you know, because he's right. doing things within the community. You could save your he's life. Being, yeah, absolutely, and, and I think that's how they need to see it because you know, we were raised with this F the police mentality in the hoods, right? Like that's, that was. That's what's frustrating and to me. That's what creates that because mm -hmm. we're trained to be afraid of them, to view them as, as threats. And fortunately, you know, those of us that have had good encounters with police officers, I've had good encounters and bad encounters with police right. officers. But I'm not going to judge every cop because of a bad encounter or the good one either. I just know right. that those are people, those are human beings. We all make mistakes. And, and, and that's common. And I think that that needs to be getting taught to our children. We can't have this F the police mentality because, right. I mean, or we're just going to continue to see this violence escalate. People get pulled over. You have no respect for authority because it's not even about police to me. It's mm -hmm. about authority. authority. You have to respect authority. And when you don't, and I think that's why people get upset at me sometimes. They'll call me a coon. They call me all Uncle sorts of Tom. crazy Uncle Tom, right? Because mm -hmm. I respect authority. Well, if I'm out of line, I, I feel like, you know, I have to be able to correct myself because I don't want someone to have to correct me because then, then you act out and then you mm -hmm. just be more respectful in how you carry yourself and we're not going to see these problems and so that's what I try to teach to young men that's what I try to teach to my son that's how I, I try to raise my daughters mm -hmm. and I wish that more people would would stand up for 
what's right. And that's how we solve a lot of these problems. You solve it in the home, you know, you solve it in, in the schools. Because when people try to handle it themselves out in the street, it gets bad that's for everyone. And, and I understand, I get it. People say, yeah, but there's been people that have been shot that were unarmed and not doing those anything. Those are and such, and it's not, it's not taking away from those families and those people in those incidents because yeah. those are very real and there are many families impacted. But those are isolated. Agreed. Situation. And when you take an isolated situation and you say that this is now the model, yeah, that's yeah, unfair to yeah. a lot of the situations in which percentage. a grand jury said, in the case of Michael Brown, which I believe ignited this whole movement in Ferguson, the hands up, don't shoot, which is a false narrative, mm -hmm. by the way, that ignited this whole thing for me. And the grand jury found, a jury of, the, of his peers found that Darren Wilson acted in a justifiable manner. But nobody will take that for what it is. Right. The facts don't matter in these cases, they only see race. And that is on behalf of white people, black people, brown people. I don't care what color you are. We are so trained now to look at the race of the issue because it makes headlines, it causes controversy, and everyone wants to discuss the race first. But mm -hmm. they don't want to have an honest conversation about it. They want to look at it from a bird's eye view and say, oh, I know what happened here. Right. We don't know what happened here. Yeah. I think that what you're doing is important. I think that having police officers go into these communities and speak to children, Absolutely. maybe not even in their uniform, maybe take your uniform off and just say, I'm a police officer. I, I want to be with you. I'm white. I'm black. I don't care. I'm here to protect you. I'm yeah. here to serve you. And then we won't see them as a threat. And we'll see even these, these young boys looking at police officers as they're cool. I might want to be a cop when I grow up. That's and that's how we fix I've the seen. problems, mm -hmm. right? Because if, if you're not afraid of them so much that you can look at them as heroes, I think that changes things. But when I'm on the ground in Charlotte and I'm seeing stones being thrown at the police officers that are just there trying to do their job because they want everyone to safely get out of town some, or get out of downtown. Someone was just shot right to our right. Why mm -hmm. would we want to, you know, continue the, uh, the, the, it wasn't a protest anymore by that point. It got pretty It was violent. madness. Yeah. It was chaos. I'm watching it on the news. I'm thinking the world is looking at us. You're imagine right. being on the ground. I didn't feel like I, I was in the United States. I can't imagine. <laughs> right? I can't imagine the, the attention that you got. I can't imagine if someone uh, like me were to be there. Yeah. Honestly, that's something that I think also needs to be said, and it might be controversial, but there are so many, and I'm not African-American, so I don't know how it feels mm -hmm. to be uh, targeted by police or to be profiled by police. It I don't happens. know what that's like. I'm it sure happens. it does. Yeah. I don't know what that's like. On the flip side, though, as I don't know what that's like, there are also many black people that don't understand what it's like to be a white person and go into communities that are inner city communities that mm -hmm. are majority black populations. If I were to go into some of those communities, I don't think I'd be treated well, to be honest with you. I think you would. In, in some, but if I were to go into Charlotte, if I were to be next to you in Charlotte, what do you think the reaction would have been? Be At honest. that protest? Be honest. Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know what? There was a girl that I saw. She was a brunette white girl that was down there. And as people were getting maced in the face and people were trying to pour water and stuff mm -hmm. on their face to cool it down, she was out there with a gallon of milk helping people out. And she was cool the whole night. No one gave her a hard time. Yeah, but what if you're controversial like I am? You're controversial. I'm controversial. I'm contra yeah. What if I were to go out there and people knew who I was and I they would knew be, my I final thoughts? I would be thoughts. afraid for you. We See? saw that reporter get knocked out. Yeah. I would actually For being be a reporter. Concerned. Now imagine someone like me that speaks out against Black Lives Matter and yeah. I'm also white. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that you be that. That's player. also a conversation to me that needs to be had because respect is mutual. It needs to go both ways. Yeah. White people need to respect black people. Black people need to respect white Agreed. people. We need to respect each other and have an honest and open conversation. And I think white people need to stop being scared of talking about race because yeah. it's not a one-sided conversation. Anytime one race is able to dominate the conversation, you don't get anywhere because yeah. it takes two. I think it's ultimately, like I said, it's, it's peace. It's about love. It's about respect. It's mm -hmm. about seeing each other as human beings. Because I don't care. That, I, don't, I give a shit less that you're black. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I don't see you and go, oh, he's black. I don't, yeah. I'm not around you thinking, oh, he's different from me. Right. You're an American. You're a good American. You're an articulate American. You're yeah. here at the Blaze. You're here in Texas. Thank you for being here. Thank, Thank you for doing what you're doing. I love 
your shirt. I love the message that you're sending. You might get a lot of hate for being on, on <laughs> camera with good. me, but you know what? It's a conversation that needs to be had, yeah. so I appreciate it. Thank They're you. gonna call you names, yeah. but we can I take it. Yeah. We can take we it. Thanks so much for being it. with me. Thanks. Facebook, check out his website, freehugsproject.com or freehugs.com? Yep. Freehugsproject.com. Freehugsproject.com. Free yep. Facebook, freehugsproject. Yes, yep. and you can see this on my feed. I'm sure I'll share it to his feed as well. Yep. We need to have these conversations, guys. This is the only way that we're going to fix this country. We don't need to be burning each other down. We don't yep. need to be tearing each other down. We need to be having good conversation. And hugs. And free hugs. And we have to hug. Hugs. We have we to hug, hug it out. And yes. I have like cameras. I know and you got your mic. Yeah, but we're doing good. Thank you. All right, guys. Cool. Facebook, we'll see you soon. Thanks for being with us.